When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Odell Beckham Jr. made the catch with one hand for the touchdown. Wow, what a catch by the rookie. Ridiculous. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Oh, yeah. Money, power, respect. What you need in life. On the other side, in the Carton and Roberts studio, Keith McPherson on the fan inside the 12 o'clock hour, my last hour on the fan. Good morning, good morning. Let's talk the sports. Uh, I have a couple things in my notes that I wanted to say before we got you know off on the uh, like gambling tangent. But honestly, I could talk about every kind of gambling all day. You guys want to talk about the dice game? <laughs> uh, so in my notes, I had that I had to go back to um, a tweet that I saved in reference to the Dallas Cowboys being on the road. And um, then there was one, um, not on the road, um, being on short rest. Excuse me. Give me a second. Gather my thoughts here. So. Uh, R.J. Ochoa, who covers the Dallas Cowboys, put out a tweet today. He said the Dallas Cowboys had four games on short rest this season, which was tied for the most in the NFL. They played Washington at home. They played the Giants at home. They played Philadelphia at home and Tennessee on Thursday night football. They won all four of those games, and they're on short rest this week. So I don't know if you believe in those type of things, the short rest shouldn't hurt the Dallas Cowboys, and the extra rest could hurt the 49ers because the Niners played the first game of the Super Wild Card weekend on Saturday. They played that early game, and then they'll be the last game on Sunday um, this upcoming weekend. That's a, that's a, I mean, it's not that much of a difference, but it's it's more rest than the Cowboys had, and more time to stew in your own thoughts and watch film and think about things. And who knows? We nobody can call it. Uh, what else did I have? Oh. Uh, Josh from the Bronx earlier tried to make the parallel between um, Super Bowl, uh, the Super Bowl being played in Arizona when the Giants won in 2011. It was actually 2007, and the Super Bowl is obviously out in Arizona this year. Boomer and Gio are going to be heading out there. Uh, Another parallel is that it was Eli Manning's fourth season in 2007 when they won in Arizona and this is Daniel Jones's fourth season. So, I don't know if you if you care about those little things, there there are a ton of these things popping up that are making fans believe, "Hey, we've got a shot. Hey, we can do this." And uh I also had a note about Wink Martindale. We were talking about him earlier and we were talking about the fact that Kafka and Martindale are getting interviews. They're getting uh interest as head coaches in the league, of course. Because the entire league is looking at the Giants and saying, how did Brian Dable do this? Who can we take from them, right? The Giants went and took from the Buffalo Bills. And I I honestly think that uh, Josh Allen is affected by not having Dable. I honestly think that their offense is different. Um, Josh Allen is a turnover machine. Dable wouldn't have stood for that. But uh, Jordan Renan put out that Wink Martindale says it's an honor to be asked to interview for a head coach opening. But he's not doing it this week. Um, likely a time after this game, but he loves being a part of the New York Giants, doesn't look at this as a stepping stone job. And that's what I was saying before, that they're building something here. This is year one, and year one is so far ahead of schedule. Why would you be looking to jump ship? 
if they somehow miraculously get to the Super Bowl and win it, that's nuts. But if they come up short, that's fuel for next season. And I think Kafka's first year as OC, he's going to want another year with Daniel Jones. He's going to want another year with better receivers and better weapons. And then Wink Martindale's also going to want, you know, them to go and go shopping for their own groceries as well. Go draft some guys. Go draft your own guys and plug them in. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see if the Giants win this weekend and go on to the NFC Championship or go any further. If their season ends this weekend and then we start talking offseason and then if their season ends this weekend, Wink and, and Kafka are you know, welcome to go interview wherever they want to interview at. But uh, right now, I think they're focused on the task at hand. They are doing the job that they're being paid to do, and they're doing it well. Now, um, something else that I wanted to put out there, I had spoken on Daniel Jones and the fact that he got better year after year, right? Um, I played last night this clip from the Elite 11 where this coach at the Elite 11 said, you know, Daniel Jones, when he came in here, he was a tall, scrawny kid. He had no real offers, no real interest. But he worked and he got better. You know, who would have thought that he'd be the guy that we just saw in, in the in the first round of the playoffs? Nobody really had him as this like surefire guy. And uh, Eli Manning put out there that all eight starting quarterbacks this weekend in the divisional round were counselors at the Manning Passing Academy, and I think that's super cool. Uh, when I was young, I went to a bunch of different camps and uh, I I really went to like college camps because I was trying to get recruited, but I did go to, I think at TCU, they had this quarterback receiver camp that I loved. I would have loved to go to Eli Manning's um, or the Manning's passing uh, Academy. Um, They they just had a bunch of guys there, but the elite 11, the elite 11 in the Manning passing Academy, almost every quarterback that makes it goes through that. Almost every quarterback that is, you know, drafted, that is offered scholarships, they they go through that. So I thought that was interesting. And I went back and looked at, you know, Daniel Jones's college stuff. And, you know, there's a coach um, that definitely was instrumental and a coach that's linked to the Mannings and David Cutliffe. Go look him up. Uh, he's I think he was a big reason that Daniel Jones didn't go to Princeton and instead went and played in the ACC. Obviously, Duke is a smart school. They're not Ivy League, but they're up there. And all of these are degrees of separation. And I had mentioned that four years in the league, it's like Daniel Jones's senior year. He grew through all of the different coaching changes, the adversity. Um, I mentioned uh, Jason Garrett and uh, Ben McAdoo and Pat Shermer and um, Freddie Kitchens. Like maybe he didn't vibe with those guys. Maybe those guys didn't know how to connect with them. But I think Mike Kafka, a quarterback himself, and Brian Dable just – a cool cat. They figured it out with Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is a 6'5 quarterback that can throw and run. They had a 6'5 quarterback that can throw and run in uh, Josh Allen. And I, like I just said, I think Josh Allen um, isn't the same guy without Dable in his ear. But Daniel Jones has him as his head coach. So I think I've said enough to bring us back into the show. Um, I also did want to note, you know, Jimmy mentioned, uh, shout out to my guy Jimmy in Jersey City. He mentioned all of these things about the Giants season and 500 teams and you know one of the examples he used was the Colts you know oh they beat the Colts but I'm like and and my my retort I guess was like the Eagles beat the Colts by one point on November 20th and if we want to go back and do all the like you know matching up of common opponents it, it does not matter 
None of that matters. All that matters is right now. And all you can really go off of is the last two games for the Giants. One of them was against the Eagles with their backups. This game against the Vikings and the Eagles game against the Giants. That's all we really have to go off of. That's all we really have to go off of. Nobody knows what's going to happen. I do not expect Jalen Hurts to come out there and be you know, clicking on all cylinders with his receivers. I don't ex- expect his timing to be perfect. I don't expect their play calling and their functioning of just their offense and their game plan to be rolling. Like, the, Even if you go back and look at the games that they played, they were not this juggernaut that everybody thinks they are because they're the one seed. Trust me, I've looked at the Eagles. They had games where they were like they beat the Cardinals by a field goal, twenty to seventeen. Uh, they had a bunch of other close games where it was like they're listen, they're not. Uh, I don't know, they're not this team. Like you know, Jimmy said he'll give you fifteen to eighteen points. They are not a team that I think the Giants can't stand toe to toe with. They can definitely box with them, and we're gonna see a good game. We're gonna see a good game, and I think the Giants can potentially win it. I've already put in bets with the Giants plus the points. I might have to sprinkle in some money line bets. But all right, let's get back to the phones. 877-337-6666 is the number to dial. I'm going to hit the phones as much as I can because, like I said, I'm done at one. Salicata is next. Let's get back to the lines. It's Ted in Belrose on the fan. Keith, pleasure listening to you, and you struck a couple of nerves, young man, because, Mm -hmm. number one, when I called you the first couple of weeks and I said... You're on your way. You're on your way. Um, I'm going to try to condense what could easily be a two-hour conversation into about two and a half minutes. Number one, I enjoy the fact that you're from the Jersey Shore because I spent many a Saturday afternoon down in Monmouth Park, actually. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, I only live two miles from Belmont where the new UBS arena is. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I can relate to the nice uh, equine atmosphere uh, and putting a couple of dollars on yep. a few actors and tries. But let me talk about sports betting in the sense that um, I do like the action. Um, but what concerns me, and it's not so much about promoting it to the younger generation, because unfortunately the younger generation will catch the bug. What does concern me is the way a lot of these sports games are manipulated. And, and hear me out, because when I see analysts questioning certain calls, when I see too many calls that are being reviewed, when I see too many officials um, literally making calls that have to be reversed, um, that's concerning. Um, Did you hear about the guy who made a $1.4 million wager at halftime of the Chargers-Jacksonville Jaguar game and ended up losing only because he was chasing about $11,000? Yeah, I thought that was the dumbest thing I, I I've ever heard. I don't know if you if you have that much money to I don't know I don't I don't know what that was I don't know what that was about I don't know what that was for. Uh, you know what? He thought it was a slam dunk of an easy score for eleven thousand dollars, but I guarantee you was probably looking for a for a Glock nine millimeter actually after that because that yeah. was wild. But let me just say this: when the sports leagues get into partnerships with these big betting houses like the FanDuel's and the DraftKings and the Caesars of the world kind of makes you wonder because if I go into partnership with Keith McPherson, we're looking to make money together in some way, shape, or form, okay? Now, with the amount of money that you alluded to before that was wagered in New York State, guys like Jay-Z, guys like Steve Cohen, 
of course, they're going to be looking to try to plop down a half a billion dollars because that's what the licensing fee is going to be. That's what the number is. Mm -hmm. So since there are three licenses that are going to be given in New York City and probably another one out here by Belmont Park because you've got the UBS Arena and I think five years from now this is going to be the sports action gold mine in Nassau County because the writing is on the wall. Yeah. It just troubles me when I see games like this and nobody in their wildest mind thought Miami had a chance against Buffalo, and yet that game went down to the wire. Nobody thought in their wildest dreams that the Ravens had a chance without Lamar Jackson and, and the backup quarterback would go into Cincinnati and literally sweat out the last play of the game on, an, on, a, uh, on a Hail Mary. So things like that in the past never used to happen. The reason why they're happening is because of the huge amount of millions of dollars that are taking place from one end to the other, even during games. And the only people who truly benefit, other than the sport houses and the league, are a lot of these officials who don't make the millions that the players do. And if you watch some of these games, they scratch. you can scratch your head. What troubles me is the the microcosm within the games themselves, actually. Like, I will tell you this. Kansas City, in my wildest fantasies, shouldn't have any problems with Jacksonville on Saturday afternoon. No problems whatsoever. But don't be surprised, and you may want to think back and say, well, this guy, Ted from Belarus, this game could be a lot more interesting than people think. Why? Because there's more to it than meets the eye. You know, it's the Cowboys. You're a Cowboys fan, right? Yep. Okay. First thing I look at when I try to play a game is, what's the spread going to be like? Now, everybody who I'm talking to and I'm listening to says, Cowboys don't have a chance. Going out to San Francisco, this is where the 49ers are a juggernaut. They're 9-5 to five to win the, the NFC Championship. Okay, fine and dandy. All right, last year the Cowboys lost because McCarthy made some boneheaded decisions, and they lost at home. Now you're going up against the rookie quarterback. Dak Prescott needs to prove himself. The Cowboys are loaded with talent, but yet you're still going out to San Francisco against a juggernaut. Why is the line only four points when it should easily be six? I don't know. I don't set the lines. I know Vegas usually knows something. Thanks for the call, Ted, and uh, thanks for the conversation on that. What I'll say is, you know, it, it's a crooked business. It is what it is, though. You know, you don't have to gamble. If you have... A feeling that, like, these refs or these umps have skin in the game or that they're throwing a game or that, you know, uh, these penalties are being called. Like, then, then you know, don't gamble. But we'll never know. And also, like, you know, using the example of last week, like, yeah, I took the, um, you know, when you look at the Bills versus Skylar Thompson, you take the Bills and the points. You look at the Bengals versus Tyler Huntley, maybe even Anthony Brown, you take the Bengals and the points. I did in a couple parlays. Whatever, though, it's always wild. It's always crazy. It's always unpredictable. I have a drop on the fan that says that even before the sports gambling was legalized, there's been bad beats. There's always going to be bad beats. There's always going to be upsets. There's always going to be things that can swing a game. That's why we watch. That's why it's entertaining. And you might lose your bet, but that's swinging it so somebody else wins their bet. Mike is in Ramtown, New Jersey, next up on the fan. Go for it, Mike. What's up, Keith? What up, what up, what up? 
Chilling, man. Hey, uh, you do a great job. Uh, I just want to say I've been listening for about 25 years, and uh, you have, on the overnight, uh, done a good job uh, replacing Evan and Joe. Thank you. Thank you. Nobody can replace those two. Joe and Evan. No, Serviceable replacement. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, just real quick on the Giants and the Eagles game. Okay. So here's my thing. Evan Neal and Nick Gates are my concerns on the yeah. offensive line for the Giants. <clears throat> yeah. And yeah. I know why. And I mean <laughs> you got four you got four players for the first time ever with ten plus sacks on the Eagles side. So, I mean, I mean, it's just, I know everybody's optimistic, and that's great. That's awesome. But, uh, run away, how are we going to, 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 they got to run from them. That's all, that's all in, in game planning and preparing. Evan Neal had the lowest win rate of any tackle in the first round. His yeah, coaches PFF know that. He's horrible. Yeah. His coaches yeah. know that. Nick Gates, great story. Not the greatest offensive lineman, and you're going up against these guys. No, a, a holding a holding penalty on the first play of the game last week. Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Josh Sweat, uh, Hassan Jordan da- Jordan Davis, our rookie out of Georgia. Jordan Davis, who is a whole house, one of the biggest man on the field. <laughs> the house, yeah, at the house. <laughs> you know they signed. Uh, didn't they make a move for Indomitian Sue? He's not even really a factor. Uh, and and Indomitian Sue, Linval Joseph, Linval okay. Joseph, Robert Quinn. I know he's he's supposedly hurt, but right, no, the playoffs, they're Quinn all is, is they're all gonna play. Yeah, they're all gonna play, yeah, yeah. and uh, that yeah. is not a good matchup for the Giants up front. And I that's why I say they're gonna run away from. Them. <laughs> they're gonna they're yeah, gonna hand the ball to Saquon. I, I they're gonna they scheme. Just, they just they just need, they just need to pound the. Pound the run game and use the play action. That's what I think they need. Play to do. action and roll Danny Dimes out so that he's not a sitting yes. duck. Because yes, those guys yes, are sir. not going right, to be able right. to pass. Uh, dude, Keith, Keith, you, you always do a great job, man. You have a good night. Thanks for the call, Mike. I mean, I always think there's no way that we know more than they know. You know, like, and and I don't think I know everything as a sports fan, but like I I do watch and I do understand and I do have internet access and all this other stuff. Like any concerns that we have or that we've gone over, the professionals know. These coaches know. These players know. That may be the biggest mismatch of the game outside of the wide receivers versus the DBs. Let's talk about it. I mean. I just ran through the list of, you know, defenders in that front for the Eagles. It's going to be a long day for the Giants offensive line. But on the converse, it's also going to be a long day for the Eagles offensive line against Sexy, Dexy, Leo Williams, KT, and Aziz. Jason Kelsey is a good center, but he's not the biggest guy Dexter Lawrence is going to have his way with him. And Lane Johnson, he's been banged up. He's a great player. But if he's if he's a little bit hurt and he's got to deal with the Z's and, and KT on the outside, it's not a guarantee that he doesn't have a long day. Jordan Mailata, he's a, a former rugby guy, and he's a boss too, but it's going to be a long day. Uh, now let's talk about the DBs. You know, obviously, um, when you look at former Giant, James Bradbury, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Darius Slay. Like, it's 
it's clear. The Eagles secondary, much better than the Giants receiving core. But Isaiah Hodgins last week said something along the lines of like trying to earn Patrick Peterson's respect, a Hall of Famer who's a little bit older and has lost a step. That's the difference, right? On paper, sure, there's all pro guys and uh, guys that went to bigger colleges or played longer in the NFL, but that's on paper. When they actually step on the field and lace them up, it's mano y mano, and guys are trying to win. Isaiah Hodgins is hurt, and he's playing through it because he's trying to win. Richie James, not a household name, but he's shifty. He's quick. He's going to be open. He's trying to win. Darius Slayton, Darius Slayton, you better not drop the ball. Like Darius Slayton, Brian Dable said to you, we're going to need you. Here we go, folks. There's going to be a time in this game where they go to Darius Slayton. He's either going to make the play or he's not. And it might be a situation like it was last week where, yo, that's the play that could end the game. You can't, can't drop the ball. Can't happen twice. So you, you look at matchups and you look at personnel, um, special teams. I don't feel like we talk about special teams on the fan enough, but if you played football, you know it's a third of the game. A great coach like Bill Belichick stresses special teams play. It can, it can lose you a playoff game. I mean, the Cowboys played the worst team in the playoffs, but if they were playing against a, a decent team and leaving points off the board with a simple thing like a chip shot extra point, they could have lost the game just off of that. You miss three extra points, that's like missing a field goal. Punt. The punt team. The 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 punter. Get your punts off. They're going to be coming. They're going to be trying to block the punt. Defend. Go down there and cover the punt. Kick off. Kick the ball out of the end zone. Brett Maher pissed me off because after he missed his extra points, he was coming up short on his kickoffs. I'm like, now this guy can't kick the ball out of the end zone? And he kicks the ball short. It lands at like the four-yard line, and the guy gets over the 20-yard line. It's a game of inches. The little things matter. So as we look at matchups, as we look at personnel, just remember these things that I'm saying to you. It's it's going to be... Uh, there's going to be a time in the game where someone will have to rise and make a play that's not supposed to against uh, you know, a corner or a, a, a D-tackle or DN that's supposed to be better than them. And there's also going to be moments in the game that the game can change on special teams. But that is why we watch, and it's unpredictable, and you don't know. Somebody's going to fold. Somebody's going to rise. If I'm a Giants fan going down there, <laughs> and I'm not even a big Rocky guy, but if I'm a Giants fan going down there, I'm going to go do the dun 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 dun. I'm going to the Rocky steps. I'm going out there getting motivated, getting pumped up. Like Giants are the underdog. They're Rocky. They're the underdog in this story. They're punching up, but that doesn't mean they can't win. That doesn't mean they can't knock them out. But it's gonna take a lot. It's gonna take near perfect play. You can't make mistakes against a team more talented than you are, especially with their crowd behind them on their home field. Saturday night. Saturday night. I'll be I'll be nice and lathered up somewhere for that Saturday night. Ryan is in Rock Hill, New York, on the fan. What's up, Ryan? Hey, Keith. I'm enjoying the show. Thanks. Um, thanks for calling. Thanks, man. Uh, I believe that you make the Giants spread, but other than that, I was just wondering what your other best bets would, would be for the weekend, being that you're talking a lot about gambling. 
Yeah, I was going to save my picks till Friday. Okay. Um, and I think I still should because I'll be on Friday a little earlier. I'll be on tomorrow a little earlier. I always am pumped for the, like, 6.37 o'clock starts because I feel like, you know, I'm on when people are listening more so than late at night. So if you're, if you're, right. if you're looking for my Wait. picks, I'll, I haven't made them yet, and it's only four games. Um, but I will, yeah, I will definitively your... have them on on Thursday or Friday. But what 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 games are you thinking about? I'll try and give you, I guess, my insight and my thoughts on them. Um, I guess I was kind of wondering like what your lock would be, but I guess I uh, I really am leaning Bengals over the Bills. I kind of um, am too, and I and I and I change stances on that because I, you know, after seeing what the Bills did against Miami, and I know it's a different game. Against a third-string quarterback, I'd have to agree. Joe Burrow is that guy. Like, Joe, Joe Burrow is the man. And um, he's looking at that film, and he's laughing. And his receivers aren't going to have the drops. Jamar Chase is not dropping the ball. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, like, they're, they're going to be ready to go. And uh, if it's a shootout between Josh Allen and uh, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen's going to throw a pick or fumble the ball yeah. or something. I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards Cincinnati. I, I think the only thing that I had... You know, if DeMar Hamlin, if, if he is, I don't think he was on the sideline, but if he's on the sideline, maybe that gives him some juice because they're playing against a team that he got hurt, and it's like, you know, do it do it for DeMar. But I, I really think all that's out the window. I hate to sound, like, insensitive because we thought the young man potentially lost his life, but I think, like, that has cooled off to the point where, like, that doesn't make them more motivated. That doesn't give them an edge. It's just going to be who makes the plays and who doesn't. And uh, the Dolphins were able to make plays on their defense, and Joe Burrow is just going to throw the ball. Yeah, he's just going to throw the ball to his receivers, make his reads. Joe Mixon's going to run the ball. Um, Maybe the weather, I don't know, is it going to snow? Is it going to be cold? Maybe that'll help Buffalo, but if it's... Yeah, since he's used to that. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, if it's cold, it's not like... It's not cold in Ohio. Like, they're going to be ready to roll. Oh, yeah. All right, and I also like your uh, your idea with the separate account for for FanDuel. I got to try that. That's fun. Yeah, have a have a checking account that your wife doesn't see. You know, you can easily go to a bank that you don't. You know, yep. you yeah, just it don't. just feels it just feels dirty coming out of your family's bank account. Yeah, I like and I don't even idea. like the questioning of like, okay, you took out a hundred at one, and then another one fifty at four twenty five. Yeah. <laughs> yep, I'm getting a lot of questions. What is this FanDuel charge? What is this FanDuel? Oh, but what about all the winnings? You don't see the winnings. Yeah, and they don't know well, enough about it to really understand. So no. I just I have a separate account that I, you know, my wife doesn't see, but I also have my other account linked still where I can withdraw and be like, "Here you go, honey, here's 400 bucks." That's it. They never complain about that. Never. Like, "Oh, okay, I'll take this FanDuel Stardust uh $400." Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the right, call, Ryan. Keeping the line moving. Oh, I got to take a break. It's 1230. Okay, let's break it down. I'm trying to get as many calls in as I can. I'm done at 1. 877-337-6666. I'll be back. Argue about it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. All right, this is it. I mean, the show's not over yet, but this is the last stretch. Keith McPherson's nighttime sports desk, KM to 1 a.m. Let's bring it home. Uh, shout out to Mac Rosenberg on Twitter and Ross, too. Ross from Bergen County always hits me up on the tweets. 
I said they should make a documentary about Craig Carton's life and, you know, what he did and, uh, you know, how he came through that. And I guess it already exists on HBO. Um, I queued up the, uh, I think, you know, Mac sent me the trailer on YouTube, but the title is Wild Card, The Downfall of a Radio Loudmouth. And it says it's from 2020. I'm like, all right, if it's on HBO Max, I'll go home and watch it tonight. Uh, if it's on YouTube, I'll watch it there. But, um, yeah, like I said, you know, with, with Craig, when I was hearing about Craig's story, it was just so real to me because I had been in Atlantic City in every casino. I'd been at a lot of those tables. I've met a ton of random people in Atlantic City gambling. And I know how addicting it can be. I know how many games your mind plays on you with money and gambling and thinking you could win. And like I said, I robbed Peter to pay Paul with sports gambling in college. Um, and it's, it's not fun. It's not a good feeling. You know, you have people that uh, care about you and people that, you know, loan you money and they don't know what type of stuff you're, you're into. And, you know, luckily it didn't get bad for me, but I learned. And I understand there's a lot of people that don't learn until it gets bad. And, uh, you know, I think Craig does a, a great job with Hello, My Name is Craig. And uh, obviously people have, you know, feelings about what he did and how he did it. And, and some people never forgive him um, for that. But, uh, I, you know, I see, you know, some people's comments online and uh, people going at Craig. And, and I don't like that because you don't know what that's like. You don't know what that's like. You, you know, you're quick to judge and uh, put somebody down. But you, you couldn't walk in their shoes you didn't have to do the time and i mean you know it is what it is but uh yeah gamble responsibly you know do what you gotta like learn on your own uh you know i remember when i was young you know i'm always hearing about like learn from other people's mistakes well not all of us can do that not all of us can learn from other people's mistakes you know we got to learn on our own like it is what it is that's life keep mcpherson on the fan we're talking sports not really life um but sports our life, uh, life is sports. You learn a lot of things about life through sports. And gambling is a big part of sports. And uh, some people ruin their lives gambling. And I don't know, I really don't think that people are throwing these games. But, you know, it's crazy how, like, Calvin Ridley got suspended for this whole NFL season. He'll be back with the Jags next year. And uh, look out for him and Trevor Lawrence. But he got suspended for this whole NFL season gambling like $1,500. And, uh, like, I remember running into to Gronk at the Mohegan Sun fan duel event that we all did. And um, I actually got to, like, kick it with Gronk because Chris Hogan played at Monmouth. I played football. And the last year I played, Chris Hogan came in, and I ended up giving my scholarship back. So I ended up not getting to play with Chris Hogan. But I know him. We worked out together, and we uh, were in the same bars and parties together. So I saw Hogan, and he was with a couple of my homies from Mammoth that I played football with and Danny Amendola and Gronk and Gronk's brother. So I chopped it up with them and with Gronk. Um, I think it was still out there that Gronk potentially was going to play this year. And I remember saying to Gronk, like, bro, if you're not officially retired, how are you here signed with FanDuel promoting gambling? Like, the NFL is not going to like that. And he kind of gave me a look like, I'm not playing. Like, I'm not coming back. Like, I'm going to get this money off FanDuel. He probably has a, a million-dollar deal with FanDuel at least. Right, you just saw him in that new commercial. He's gonna kick a field goal or something. So it is all intertwined. But I think we're just so early in it, where like you know, give it a couple years. There's gonna be some stories about some kid who, uh, you know, gambled away his parents' money or 
used his dad's ID and name and, you know, tried to <laughs> win some money. And you know, I laugh, but like legit, those things are going to happen. There's going to be some issues. But I also know that, you know, FanDuel and, and these other apps, they have it built in. Like I get pissed off when they tell me reality check. You've been, I'm like, shut up, bro. I know, I know what I'm doing. I'm uh, reality check. I need more time to figure out, you know, how I want to build this parlay. I don't need a reality check that I've had the app open for however long you think is too long. Like I'm, I'm working on something. I'm trying to cash these bets. Let's go to Mike and Nesconset on the fan. What's up, Mike? Hey, what's happening, man? Wrapping it up, you know, bringing it home. I hear you. Thanks for taking my call. Long time Niner fan. I actually didn't know you were a Dallas fan until recently. I've been listening to your show. But, you know, um, one quick thing with the gambling. Unfortunately, Keith, that's what the element of gambling brings. It brings not only the people who can gamble and have enjoyment without risking too much, but it also brings the other element of people that, you know, will bet their socks, everything they have in their pocket. That's just the way gambling is. And when they legalized it in New York, I think they knew it. But um, it was inevitable because people were still gambling overseas and stuff like that. Yep. But, but with the Dallas game, man, in respect to one of your callers a few games back, he said that Dallas is playing a, a rookie quarterback. And I, like I said, I've been a Niner fan. I mean, I'm 62. I go back to the Dick Nolan years. But this kid, this kid is for real. The Niners are going for 12 wins in a row. If, I mean, if the season was longer, they could be going for a perfect season. The Dolphins won 14 and 0. The Niners are going for 12 games in a row. The only thing, the only, to me, the reason the spread is as low as it is is because the way Dallas beat up Tampa Bay. It's no reflection on how the Niners are playing. It has zero to do with how much rest they have. It's for the simple fact of how Dak Prescott had the game of his life. The game of his life. I've never seen him play that good. Mm -hmm. And this is the reason the spread is that low. It scares me a little bit. I like to dabble in the game, but I, I never bet my own team. I do not bet on teams like that. I find myself rooting for the spread. But because to me, it seems like the bookies and, and the, the people that are in control, they're kind of pushing you to bet the Niners. And when that happens, a lot of times it swings the other way. That's the only way, one of the few ways that I see Dallas winning. The Niners have the number one rushing defense in the NFL. Dallas loves to rush the game. As good as a game, and you know this, you're a Dallas fan, as good as a game as Dak was, he's going to have to be better. Yeah. This is not the 8-9 and nine Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They were battling the Carolina Panthers at 6-9. and nine. Who's going to win the division? The Niners are for real. This team is ferocious. They're hungry. They're focused. And I say good, uh, good thing. I mean, good to Dallas, the way they won that game. But they have got to be ready. They better be three times as good as they were against Tampa Bay. If they think they're going to go into San Francisco and do what they did to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that's never going to happen. Heard you. I I mean, I have most of my bets. I don't have any bets on Dallas for this game. All my bets are on San Fran. And like you said, Brock Purdy, he's for real. He's not a rookie. And they trust him, and they know he's not a rookie. They see him in practice. They see him in the games. And as far as that rushing defense, man, a lot of times I'm wishing Dallas runs the ball more. I think they're going to really go to the air, and it's going to be on Dak, and Dak is probably going to turn it over. Uh, Another thing about the Niners, they can score points in a hurry. In the beginning of that game, the Seahawks had the whole world like, whoa, what's going on? I took the Seahawks to cover. I was on air saying if if there's a game, like, you know, if there's a 
underdog that I thought was going to cover, I thought it would potentially be the Seahawks because they did have DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Kenneth yeah. Walker, and Geno Smith, who's been their starting quarterback. They're facing a team for the third time. It looked like they were going to cover, but then yeah. Debo got going, and like I said, they can score points in a hurry. And then in the other yeah. divisional game with, with Tyler Huntley, that was the game to take the dog, to take the Ravens with the points. They could have won you. that game. It was a, an inch away from a touchdown, and uh, we saw what happened. What else you got? When Purdy first came out, I mean, people were saying, this is what he needs to do. The Niners have a great defense. They got several. They got a great running game. They just got McCaffrey, who's insane. the guy's insane. He needs to be a game manager. He needs to manage this team. He doesn't as manage far the game. As they can he go. goes for it. <laughs> After two, three, four games, they're like, "This kid's for real." Yeah. So I mean, you know, I'm not saying again that the Niners are a lock. I think, like I said, I mean, the, the, the only way. The, the biggest way I see Dallas winning this stack is got He's their leader. If he's off, they're off. I don't care the way what the defense does. The rest of the team, if he plays the way he played last week, if he can do that, three more games in a row, Dallas is going to get us another ring. Yeah, but, but it's this, it's going to be a lot harder against uh, you know Fred Warner and Nick Bosa. Uh, Nicky than, Bosa than the is insane. He's ridiculous. Watching that guy, yeah. he's a monster. He's good, man. But listen, I really appreciate you taking my call. Um, I know you're a Dallas fan. I wish you good luck, and uh, let, let's see a good game. Good luck. If the Niners win, I'm cashing those bets, and I'll post <laughs> I'll post the uh, same game parlays and everything else. Uh, I just the thing is, I'm a Dallas fan, um, and I actually did go all in against the Bucks with betting on them. I, I definitely cashed. Uh, I, I think I had Dalton Schultz two touchdowns, Dalton Schultz over 50 yards receiving. Dak Prescott over 300 yards passing and Cowboys to win. And that turned $5 into like $500. Uh, I was all in on Dallas to beat the Bucs because the Bucs are trash. And like I I didn't want that blood money from Tom Brady. I wasn't going to bet on Tom Brady. I, you guys remember me talking about this last week that I learned years ago not to bet against Tom Brady. But really, that's in the Super Bowl. When I got to looking at this game, I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way. And there wasn't any way. That game wasn't close. But I just kept coming around to the fact, like, and even when I gave my picks, I'm like, I'm taking Dallas with the points. But when I actually bet, I teased them up. I teased them up to 13, 16. Because if you watch the Bucks all year, they were dumpster juice. Like, I, I, I don't know. Co going into this game, uh, Dallas versus San Fran, I'm betting on San Fran it is their game to lose. But I do know that Brock Purdy is due for an L. The Niners are due for an L. I've been saying they won 10 games in a row. That was a regular season. They've won 11 if you count that first round. They're looking for 12 in a row. When you win like that, that becomes the norm. They're at home. They got an extra two days to rest more than the Dallas Cowboys got. They've been to Super Bowls recently with guys that are on this team. Their head coach is trying to get back to a Super Bowl, and he knows he's better off in a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy than Jimmy Garoppolo. You just heard the last caller say everybody said this kid's got to be a game manager. Yeah, because when we see a rookie come in the league, we think, oh, don't do too much. What, are you kidding? Brock Purdy's taking chances. Why is he doing that? Because look at the weapons he has. Put me in the game. I'm throwing the ball up to Kittle. I'm checking it down to Christian McCaffrey. I'm putting the ball on Debo. Like, they're going to do the rest for you. You don't have to be a game manager 
but you do have to distribute the pill. You got to get the ball into the hands of your playmakers, and they'll do the rest. And Brock Purdy has not been afraid of the moment. The kid's 6'1, 220. I wouldn't even give him 220. He's probably 6'1, 205, 210. Looks like a, a seventh grader. The only chance that I think the Cowboys really have in this game, it starts with Dak, Dak getting them into the right play against that defense. It's Dak versus the defense. You heard me say how impressed I was with Dak getting them into the right play, reading the defense, right? Even in that Eagles game, I was impressed with Dak. He threw that stupid interception to sweat where it was just like, come on, bro, you can't lob the ball with a, a 6-6 DN. But then he locked in, and he and against zone defense, he was 24 for 24. What does that tell you? That means this guy is identifying what coverage you're running, and he knows where to go with the ball pre-snap read, and he's able to deliver it. That needs to be the case again Sunday. Tony Pollard has to be good running the ball as well, but they have a great run defense. So I wouldn't even I'd be trying to I'd be trying to surprise him. I'd be trying to run uh throw the ball. That's why I said I think CeeDee Lamb is gonna get more targets. And then on the defensive side of the ball, they have to put pressure on this kid. They and like not just pressure on this kid. Like they put pressure on Brady where Brady was like, you know, running around, little rattle, couldn't really get uh his throws off. Don't pressure him. Sack him. They have to hit him. Whip his head. I'm talking about go in and boom. Like, put him on the ground and make him fear for his life in a playoff game and realize, wait, this is the best defense that I've seen in my short six going on seven games as a uh, rookie who was almost undrafted. The Niners faced the Cardinals. The Well, let's go back to the Seahawks. They faced the Seahawks in the first round. Going back, they played the Cardinals, the Raiders, the Commanders, the Seahawks again, the Buccaneers, and the Dolphins. None of those teams are on the level of the Dallas Cowboys. So, it's going to be a good game. Last call of the night goes to Frank in Palisade Park, New Jersey. What's up, man? Hey, Keith. How's it going tonight? Great. I, you know, I just want to say you're very informative, you're very knowledgeable, but I have to disagree with you about Daniel Jones and him not gelling with another head coach that he had. His rookie year, Pat Shermer. If you look at the numbers, 24 touchdowns. Oh, yeah, he balled games. that year. He balled that year. And and obviously coming off, of, you know, having, having Eli, who we already had a relationship with. Yeah, you're right about that. And Pat Shermer is known as like a quarterback whisperer, offensive guy. Sure, I, I gotta I gotta remove Pat Shermer's name when I talk about the past yeah, with Daniel Jones. No, but I will say no. But he was not a very good head coach. But I think his offensive scheme better suited Daniel Jones. And if he was a better head coach, I guarantee you, Daniel Jones would have ended up developing much quicker than he did during the, you know, during these four years where he kind of flopped a little. You know, he he had all those turnovers and fumbles and yeah, yeah. People talk about the fifteen touchdowns that he threw this year. I mean, he had 24 touchdowns that year, but ultimately, yeah, you know, and and exactly two a game. But ultimately, the stat that matters is wins. And not only did he string enough wins to get into the playoffs, he has a playoff win this year. And uh, it's about the team. Thanks for the call, Frank. You know, I thought it was interesting today. Speaking of Gronk, Gronk had a comment on Aaron Rodgers. Because Aaron Rodgers, and I don't know if he's coming to the Jets. I tried to, you know, throw that out there in the beginning of the show to see if any Jets fans would bite on the uh, Nathaniel Hackett, Aaron Rodgers potential meetup uh, in Florham Park. I doubt it happens. I doubt either one of them are with the Jets. But Gronk spoke on the fact that Aaron Rodgers went on Pat McAfee today 
And instead of talking about, I think I can win another Super Bowl, this guy said, I think I could win another MVP in the right situation. Like, talk about being all about yourself. Football is the ultimate team game. You need all 11 guys on the same page for anything to work. And Aaron Rodgers is on uh, his boy Pat's podcast with A.J. Hawk, his former teammate, talking about, I think I could win another MVP. You're trying to rack up MVPs? You have one Super Bowl. You know what's setting you apart? You don't have multiple Super Bowls. Ayahuasca. All right, that's all I got. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. Thanks for hitting me on Twitter. Shout out to you guys for following me on IG, too. I was just saying to go look at uh, the parlays that I hit, but I'll take the follows. Keep McPherson on the fan. Salicata's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. I'm sure Sal's going to keep the conversation rolling. And he'll probably talk about Tommy Pham and, like, I don't know what the Mets are going to do at DH and, like, Daniel Vogelback. Enjoy. Radio 101.9 FM. The Red. W.